Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast. Yes, yes. Thank you for that uh, intro, my friend. I am William Clear. This is Pop Talk and Aliens, and it is a podcast. It's a very special episode with two very special guests from UAP Studies Podcast, Jason Gilmet and Louis Borges. I have uh, wanted to have these two gentlemen on for quite a while. Did have Jason Gilmet a couple years ago, um, but now he has teamed up with Louis Borges, and they have, uh, in my opinion, one of the very best UAP podcasts on the face of the earth. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that I don't run around banging the drum for other people's shows all the time. We don't do that whole, like, I'll, I'll talk about yours, and then you talk about mine thing. I really do listen to this show all the time, and uh, it was really a delight for them to come on and talk UAPs, weather balloons, all the stuff that's going on right now, as well as some other things. So I'm going to cut my intro short as possible. But I do want to remind you that Pop Talk and Aliens is brought to you by Audible. You can have a free trial of Audible for 30 days with a free audiobook, the finest in uh, audiobook entertainment in the universe. Audible, try it free, 30 days. Go to this special link, audibletrial.com slash Aliens. Download an audiobook of your choice and just check it out for 30 days. It's an incredible app. It works on your phone, your computer, your tablet, anything that can connect to the internet. And uh, you can download books. You can listen to them offline. They have wonderful original productions. I'm currently listening to something uh, related to the Far Cry 6 video game with Giancarlo Esposito. And it's, it's, it's an audio drama. It's not, even, it's not even a book. It's just this incredibly produced production that I am thoroughly enjoying. So go ahead and uh, try it out for yourself. Go to audibletrial.com slash Aliens. And uh, let's get right to our guests. Okay, UAP Studies Podcast. You can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash UAP Study Podcast. You find them on Instagram on uh, UAP Studies Podcast.com, as well as the UN X Network. And their guest list is phenomenal. Just even recently, they've had Ryan Graves, Richard Dolan, uh, recently had uh, Dr. Gary Nolan in a, in a fantastic episode, George Knapp. Thomas Winterton, Jacques Vallée, it goes on and on and on. And we will talk about a number of those guests on the show. So I'm going to shut up and get to them. So enjoy UAP Studies Podcast. So as promised, ladies and gentlemen, I have Jason Gilmet and Louis Borges from UAP Studies Podcast right here in their studios, in my studio. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming. It's a, it's such a pleasure to have you. I'm a huge fan of your show, so thank you. Uh -huh. Thank you thank for you coming. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thanks for having that. us. It's always fun doing these shows and chatting about our favorite topics, so we're glad to be here. If you don't already listen to uh, UAP Studies podcast, you check it out on Spotify, on YouTube, on every podcast provider. Um, you guys have had the all-star team of guests and and I know you've got more coming but you've had George Knapp, Avi Loeb, Richard Dolan, um I mean the, the list goes on Kevin Randall one of one of my faves from from the old Roswell days um what's it like talking to people like that you know on the front lines of UAPs and UFOs uh Jason I'll, we'll start with you and and maybe uh, give a brief intro to uh, for those of us who who don't know you yet yeah, so my name is Jason Gilmet. Uh, I am the co-host of UAP Studies Podcast. And uh, I, along with my friend Louis, we uh, host this podcast that is basically the focus of studying the phenomenon itself, 
all the different branches and different rabbit holes that it leads us to. That's what we do. Uh, as as far as the guest goes, it blows my mind. I actually just sent uh, something to Louie not that long ago. There was just a, a post that I made two years ago that said, you know, I just started off. I'm just quoting here, but uh, uh, paraphrasing, I don't remember the exact email, but it was basically saying, you know, I'm starting off. Uh, who's ever going to look at me and say, hey, I'll give this guy a shot. Like I'm just starting out in podcasting. And I just send that to him. And I'm like, wow, just like think about it. Like we start off with nothing. And now we're we're at the point where we're, you know, toasting with Jacques Vallée or something like that. It's just, it's nuts. And uh, how how people respond to us and and have responded so far has just been amazing. But to answer your, your question, Willem, seriously, it's been just, we're, we're tripping out over it as much as anybody else. We, we can't believe how, how good we're getting it these days. Yeah, yeah. It, it is awesome. Louis, how about say, you? Jason always says never meet your, or they, they say never meet your heroes, right? And we do uh, pretty much every week. And, and the ones that have the highest level of intellect, I can honestly say, have been the most polite, most humble, just the most awesome people. Sometimes, you you know, in like show business, your ego kind of gets the best of you. The bigger the star, the, the further away from you they kind of feel when you interact. But uh, yeah, they're just down to earth, normal people. And a lot of them simplify their own accomplishments. And I find that refreshing. You know, they, they could be the ones saying, hey, I know more about this than anybody else. And they would be correct. Uh, but they refrain from that topic with, you know, the idea that there's always more to learn and don't get too set in your ways. Because, you know, like Jacques Vallée's changed his mind many times. And as more data comes your way, you have to look at it. Otherwise, you become one of those scientists that's guarding old information that might not even be accurate, you know? That's one of the things, and I forgot to mention that you've had him on, um, and you had George Knapp, you had uh, Thomas Winterton from Skinwalker. Yeah, yeah. Um, just had Gary Nolan last week. Gary Nolan, the great Gary Nolan. Uh, Jacques Vallée is, yeah, I mean, he's a, a pioneer. You know, there was the, the obviously the, the character that was reminiscent of him it, all the way back to to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. So that that is that. I mean, that's incredible, and he and he's an incredible uh, scientist of UFOs. And like you said, he does not. You know, it, it's not. There are some scientists. I've 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 said this on the show before when when talking about just mainstream science and their attitude towards UFOs, is it seems to be very immovable. It's just like, it's show me a dead alien, or I don't want to talk about it. Right. Do you do you get that impression when you when you look at just the the sort of mainstream scientists? The I won't name names, but. Uh, We'll just leave it at that. Well, and I know who you're referring to, but it's just, you know, what you got people like uh, Michio Kaku, uh, you know, Dr. Gary Nolan, Avi Loeb, for crying out loud, you know, these men with massive intellects uh, that are looking into th this issue uh, seriously and with science. You're always going to have debunkers or people that are going to be the naysayers, but they're always doing it from a very comfortable studio. You know, they're, they're not doing it on field research. They haven't done their field research. They just read whatever's out there or read the, you know, basically the Coles notes of it and then come out with a, an opinion that is opposing what the other person said. Critics don't actually go out there and do the work. Uh, we talk a lot about Stanton Friedman and how he would get just so mad because he would have critics that would just, you know, try to tear him apart and they hadn't done nothing. They just sat on their couch and read his books. And then would come out, well, I defer, I don't agree with your opinion. And he hated that. 
and he had a reason to like he was actually out there doing the work so it, like i said it it doesn't merit and it, these scientists that are sort of saying no this is not a possibility they're not doing what scientists are supposed to do what was it who was it uh louis we were talking to was it gary that said like that the oath of a scientist is to never uh you know basically state absolutes like until we know for sure we can't state absolutes and to keep searching and, and researching and and you know if something else pops up investigate it those scientists that are not investigating this basically they're they're following a format they're afraid to get out of the i, I I, I guess the boundaries of science, which is, you know, a lot of these people, especially of high reputation, don't want to start chasing something down that might ruin their reputation. Like, oh, Neil Tyson Degrassi believes in UFOs now. He doesn't want that attached to his name. Where you have other scientists like Avi Loeb that says, bring it on. So we got, I think, equal weight right now. It's just who's speaking louder. And I think the UFO community and the, you know, the people advocating for disclosure, they're definitely the ones talking louder right now so uh louis for you um how did you get like what what sparked your interest in in uaps and ufos in this type of science yeah i uh, i met i majored in science in school so i've always had a healthy appreciation for that uh, i'm also a pretty uh, spiritual guy too so my idea of creation wouldn't be limited to just one little pale blue dot in the universe. So I've always had a healthy acceptance for that. Uh, I've never had uh, an ET encounter or anything like that. I have had some poltergeist stuff that was undeniably real. So I believe there are things we don't quite understand. I think it's the, the peak of human ignorance to think that we know it all, whether that's, you know, phenomena, universe, science, mathematics. We didn't invent any of that. We simply discovered what was already there. And uh, in terms of the science world, you know, I think th there needs to be a new type of physics. And quantum physics was supposed to be that new realm because Newtonian physics break down at the quantum level. But now, even when you go to like the Planck level, not all quantum physics works either, right? So um, both are very close, but neither are bang on. So I think you have these varying schools of people that don't want to step out of line. But then you have the other guys that are doing the work and aren't scared to come up with these new ideas. And depending on whose camp you're in, it will determine who's your favorite. So if you're into this topic, of course, you're going to love the Gary Nolans and the Jacques Vallées because they're on our side. If you're part of that really conservative, you know, like the Royal Society of Academics, you don't want anybody chasing a rabbit that turns out to embarrass, you know, and look what Harvard did to John Mack. At the time, that was too much info on that topic than they were willing to handle. And I mean, eventually they came to his, his rescue and said he can, you know, investigate whatever he wants, but they strung him out for a while too. So it, it's a dangerous thing in the academic world to go too hard against the grain. But I think it's good that the stigma has been removed enough that these big names can start actually doing the work without, you know, I think Gary Nolan told us that of all his academic friends in all different fields, nobody laughs at him for looking at UAP. They all think it's plausible and that it's worth studying. So there has been a shift, I believe, in the, in the scientific community. That's a, that's a big shift. I mean, 20 yep. years ago, that would rarely have been the case. Yeah. And I mean, it's especially someone like, like, like Avi Loeb coming out and, you know, someone of his credentials and he just does not let up on it. It's not like, you know, initially when, when the, am I saying it right? Umuamua? Yeah, uh, yeah, flew by 
and 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 he commented on it you know that might have been you know that might have been from another uh another galaxy or another solar system i mean that that the fact that he said that alone like i was like oh my god this is this is incredible someone like that yeah. he's still investigating it it's not it, it wasn't just like a, a side comment and then he got chastised for it. like he, he he doesn't care he's just talking about it and he should like that's the thing about uh you know we believe in speaking up it doesn't matter if you're a journalist if you're uh you know a scientist or you know we've talked to people and you've you've listened on, on probably a few of these episodes where like people from the uh defense department for crying out loud are having experiences themselves whether they're seeing a craft or something they can't explain or they wake up in the middle of the night and three little entities are in their rooms like these are people that are deep in the department of defense and they're saying the same thing as what the general population is saying about this phenomenon and keep in mind that when we say you know uaps ufos it encompasses such a variety of different issues and complexities that we joke around now that it's it almost should be like a university course at this point because of its complexity and everything that you've got to know just to keep up with the basics of what we know about this phenomenon and they all branch out. They all need their own special, you know, their uh, specialities, you know, like, you know, cattle mutilation, abduction phenomenon. What do you do when they land on the ground and, uh, you know, the left radiation and who do you call? Like, there's all these different things that is encompassed in this phenomenon. And that's what's fascinating about it is even the more that we delve into it, the more we're just blown away by the different, you know, um, levels that this goes through and it is levels there's just levels of understanding this phenomenon right now it's just telling the public that it's out there but not letting them know the slew of other issues that come along with accepting the truth and i think when you hear it from some of these big names too it opens your eyes like it's one thing to get varying opinions in the, the community or online but when you have someone like Gary Nolan or Jacques Vallée or Avi Loeb telling you that, yeah, you know, there's a lot of data in this area. It's like, we better take, you know, pay attention. These people have dedicated decades. Who are we? We are not experts. And really, nobody's an expert. I think it's a dangerous term to use in this field because nobody has proof. <clears throat> there are people working on it that have areas of expertise that they're applying to this. But there are no UFO experts. And, you know, it's funny you see some of these people on Twitter or Facebook and I know everything and no one listens to me and no one listens to you because you think you know everything. Exactly. <laughs> it's, the, it's the chicken before the egg, not the other yeah. way around. Foreplay, buddy, foreplay. <laughs> yeah, slow and easy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I, you know, just because of the fact that I, I do this show, which is, you know, sometimes aliens and a lot of times uh, Star Wars and whatever. But uh, I get asked a lot of, things where I'm like dude I don't I don't know like I you know I I know a few things here and then and uh you know that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you guys on uh on my last show I talked about the 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 new UAP report that came out and then of course uh you know like five minutes after I hit finish post we start shooting down balloons and or you know so-called uh ob balloon-like I believe is, is a term they've been using objects. And uh, so I really, or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted to get your take on not just on the report itself, because I feel like, um, and then listening to you guys, I think you, you agree to some extent that it, that it sort of backtracked on some things or 
recontextualize some things and also on just what it is that's going on with, first of all, the Chinese balloon, so we're told, that came from China because it had Chinese writing on it. Out here in Cal, I know you guys are in Canada. Out here in Cal, I'm sure it's the same, but out here in California, there's plenty of people who have Chinese writing tattoos. They're not from China, right? Uh, so it's not necessarily uh, the the ultimate indicator. Um, but that and uh, the fact that you know we've shot down what is it three now, and yeah, yeah, I don't believe the debris has been recovered from any of them. Can you just give me your Thoughts on, you know, what the report had to say in terms of, or what it didn't have to say, possibly, if you want to go that route. And um, and then just, we can kind of get into this whole, you know, UAPs are everywhere now and, and we're shooting them down with, with you know, high powered weaponry. And, uh, but supposedly they're just balloon-like objects. You want to go first, Jerry? You want me to handle no, this one? You you go ahead. You you go so first. In terms man. of the report, obviously, like there was that initial report in twenty twenty one or twenty two, and then we were waiting for this other one. I remember it was Halloween, and Halloween, we were still like, you know, why is this thing late? And then when it did come out, it's not like it was chock full of extra evidence or extra cases where you could justify the delay. In fact, it was very simplified, and there was nothing in it. And really, all it was really doing was breaking down the mode of collection for information on this topic. Well, they already have those protocols in place. They use them in every committee that they form. So I don't quite get what the extra four months worth of waiting was for because there was nothing in it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think to Jason's point, he said this a few times there, this time they're saying, you know, there's no medical effects and things like that. And we even asked Gary Nolan about that. And he says, well, it did say that in this particular report, um, you know, they're not going to look at that sort of thing. But in the actual defense bill itself, there are provisions for, and they do take it very seriously, anything that could affect the health. So so I think it was a big dud. I think they tossed us a bone. Uh, and there's more behind closed door meetings that have happened. Um, we're in talks with a few people that we're going to have on the show. We can't name them yet, but they are actually testifying or have already testified at the current behind closed door meetings. So wow. it'll be interesting. And I mentioned to Jason that, you know, Everybody's speculating on this, but nobody's really talking to anyone who's involved in the proceedings. So it'll be very interesting to hear what's, I mean, they may not be able to say much, but I'd like to know the level of care that they're actually looking at this for. Uh, and in terms of, you asked our opinion on these balloons, I think it was four and eight days or something. You know, they said that they don't have the wreckage and this and that. I, I think it's a show. I think they wanted us to see that. They wouldn't have put it out there otherwise. Right. If it was national security, top secret stuff, it would have been, you know, swept away. I mean, let's face it. That's what they've been doing with the UFO phenomenon for over 70 years. So if we weren't meant to see it, we wouldn't. If there was some inherent danger there, then uh, they definitely wouldn't be putting it out. So I just think it's either one of a couple things. Maybe it's an excuse to start spending more defense wise or the wheels are in motion that maybe they got to pick a fight with somebody at some point. I mean, maybe it's Russia, Ukraine related. Maybe they're going to put the blame on somebody like that one day and say, we figured out who it is. I don't believe for a second they don't have the wreckage. I, I don't believe that. I mean, we can see through miles of ice to know what Antarctica looks like underneath. And they're saying a little bit of snow in the Yukon. You can't find this thing. Like I, I just don't buy that. They either want the adversaries to think that we can't find it um, or it's just it's for some other ploy, right? And again, the shooting it down, I think that's ridiculous. It's the first time in... 
however many years NORAD's been around, we ever shot something down. So maybe that's a show of force. Uh, but in terms of these balloons, the Chinese balloon or whatever it is, I, I, information I'm getting is it's been happening a long time. Um, it's not like they've just turned up sensitivity or this or that. They do it to us. We do it to them. It is very low tech, but it's so low tech and cost effective compared to like major defense spending. It's still worth doing. If one makes it through, you get some valuable data. So I just don't have an answer on why. I don't know why they would want to show us this. You know, the same government that has been downplaying this for your decades. Now they're the ones, you know, we're, we're sitting here waiting for the next update from the government of what's happening now. And I just think that we paid too much attention to that and we gave it too much, too much space to be something when I really don't think it is. It's something, but it's nothing that's going to help our field. I think uh, I, I, I've heard a lot of bizarre theories about its reasoning, some of it being like, Oh, it's a it's a distraction to keep uh, the media busy so that they don't report on things like uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island or whatever. And I and I I, I feel like to me personally, uh, the media doesn't need to manufacture uh, hype to distract from something else. Like I'm sure there's something Elon Musk will tweet tomorrow that they can cover for 48 hours and ignore whatever issue you know, is, is the, is the big conspiracy that they're ignoring anyway. So, um, I mean, not that the media is creating the, the, you know, the, the UFO thing, but that the government is trying to distract from the other conspiratorial type stories with UFOs. And, uh, I, I don't buy that. I, I am, I'm right with you is that I just, I don't understand the, the why as to you know why all of a sudden yeah we're like it's like advertising like the the government at this point could put up a website of like you know how like this is the, the here's how many ufos we've shot down today yeah. um and 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 as for the wreckage i know that i mean i i don't know this for sure that there's been some people on instagram who have had credibility in the past as like amateur researchers who have like gone out to some of these areas and looked around and been like, there, nobody's come here. Nobody's mm -hmm. looked for wreckage. If they yeah. did come, they were in and out immediately and recovered something or, you know, the location of it is, is not where, where they're saying it is things like that. Um, Jason, yeah. what's, what's your take on the whole thing? Well, okay. So Two, a two-parter here. First part is in the report, they sort of mentioned as if there wasn't any collision so far as they known between UAPs and commercial aircraft. So far, they can't think of any. Now, I dare anybody to go onto a phone app or your laptop or whatever and look up how many flights are above the United States right now, right? And you got to think annually, how many flights is that? Right, that is an insane amount of flights to not collide with anything that is of unknown origin. It would be at least one or two. Like if this that many objects in the sky, there would be several incidences of things just colliding with airplanes out of nowhere. Right, we never hear that. All of a sudden, we have this incidence where they capture something on radar because they just updated their radar at NORAD and they were able to pick this up, and they decided it's a threat. Now it's in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. I mean, completely at the north, like, you know, like a little further more, like you're in the North Pole, like it's crazy. They decided that that's a threat to shoot it down, right? Then another one happens in the Yukon. Again, middle of nowhere, north, 
Solveson, it poses a flight risk. I don't know how many flights are, are taking place in that specific part of the you know of our planet but it can't be that many not the same as the united states so why all of a sudden is this posing a flight risk right not only that but we get these stories that come back that one of the pilots said that his equipment on his new plane wasn't working right when he approached the craft all of a sudden that goes away they don't talk about that um, they shoot it down with a missile that costs four hundred and thirty thousand dollars uh you know they did that for all the other crafts as well. So a ton right. of money to be thrown away at nothing, right? Uh, then they're like, oh, well, we don't know what it is, but most likely it was balloons. So the the story that we're all accepting here uh, is that it was most likely balloons. Although you mentioned there was no wreckage coverage or anything like that. We don't know if they were balloons. Why were they that important that NORAD had to be dispatched and shoot these things down? You know, and it, it's not just one plane. Usually they go in pairs of two. So there's multiple witnesses to these. And those people are going to come out eventually and talk on podcasts like this one. And, you know, um, come forward and, and, and talk about what they've seen. What was it that they shot down? The same way we have the, the captains from the 2004 incident, right? Uh, so, and the other part to my question, I'll make it brief, is that the United States is very good at recovering UFO crashes. Yeah. Louis and I have covered this many times and, and talked to people about it many times. Jacques Vallée talked about 1945 at the Trinity uh, site. Uh, there was a crash that, that was 1945. That's two years before Roswell. So the, the government already had things in place a long time ago to recover these crafts very fast. Uh, the Brazilian case uh, that uh, James Fox covered in Virginia, I think Louis was it the same day that they arrived? The Americans, yeah, yeah, was yeah, it the same it day? It wasn't very long at all between the initial sighting, the contact, the examination, and then shipping it out. Yeah, it was no time at all. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy. So they say that they don't know what this phenomenon is, yet they've have vested interest and have been very active in recovering these crafts, recovering entities. We know that they recovered an entity from uh, Virginia. Uh, so, you know, they, they, when they say they don't know what this is, what this phenomenon is, that's because again, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Right. Um, but no, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's what I mean that this part of the government hasn't gone away. They're still around. They're still operating. They probably changed their tactics and their methods, but they're still there. They still, are very much active. So when they say they don't have a recovery group or anything like that, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that, that that's something I I I I just don't understand. And and you 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 two talked about this on your show, like even going back to like you were talking about like in in 1945 with Trinity, and then in, in with Roswell. I mean, that was a massive debris field, yeah. and they cleaned that up in no time. And you know, I, I think you guys said you know it's like guys side by side scooping up. All, all of that stuff, then there was yeah. nothing left. And I mean, how many investigators, UFO people have gone out there over the decades trying to find, you know, something at least just even as big as a dime that was left over from yeah. that. And there is nothing. Nothing there. There has been a guy, I've seen him on TV a few times. He went out there, he's a amateur metal detecting guy, really good at it. And he did find a couple pieces of like weird magnesium and stuff like that. Um, and they they're in a twisted state so it was from something that did crash but the magnesium is earthbound isotopes they figured it was used for something aerospace or military so the people that have found little snippets of things that we've heard of in the public 
they they've turned out not to be but i just want to mention on that topic because i'm still super excited from our last show with gary nolan i asked him about meta materials and you know there's a rumored piece of metal that's from some crash that was given to art bell and then given to linda moton howe and uh, subsequently tom delong and ttsa purchased that as well and hal Putoff did a whole uh, conference presentation on you know the layers of this metal it's like magnesium and bismuth but the isotopes don't line up like it's not like metal from this earth and the cost would be so like ridiculously high that it wouldn't make sense to use it for any kind of industry because there'd be like you could make a stronger layered metal than this but they they think that maybe there's some kind of a waveguide or something that comes out of this thing so i asked him i said you know this was my first experience with meta materials and the story and i'm halfway through telling the story and he's off screen rummaging around for something it sounded like he was looking for a stapler in a drawer and i'm trying to keep my composure and just keep talking and finally i said man you better be looking for some meta materials or something like what are you yeah. doing and mm -hmm. he pulls it out and he's like yeah this is the piece of metal you're talking about right here like are you kidding me not only is it real but you have it like and the only reason that an immunologist would have a piece of metal with that many micron layered you know things is because he's doing, we all know he's doing this research and part of that silent college or whatever it's considered, right? The group of scientists, the government really trusts to break this stuff down. So why is a guy who does blood work all day long have a piece of meta materials that isn't even confirmed really, you know, and he like shows it on camera and, you know, it didn't really click, but I messaged Jason later that night and I'm like, think about that. If that was from Roswell or a subsequent crash, the whole web of lies comes crashing down like because that would mean it was from the 40s we don't have technology to make that and the cost and everything else and the metals don't even match isotopes from this earth like that little piece of metal means everything is possible you know right. and he didn't confirm that that was from an alien craft uh and I, you know i wasn't happy with that enough and i said man i'm just gonna ask you point blank at this point do you believe or do you know that the government or somebody is in possession of materials that did not originate on earth and he goes well i haven't seen anything myself and done analysis but from the high level people i speak to yes and i just about jumped out of my chair like here's gary nolan confirming we have metals recovered from something that didn't come from planet earth and we're not talking about an asteroid that's like a lump of rock and it just you know that blew my mind and i'm still kind of buzzing from that because what does that mean like what if that was a piece of roswell that all this sweep it under the rug and hide it and the whole weather balloon story that's garbage and why would you keep that piece of metal for 70 years if it wasn't you know important so that's just like the closest we've come and the closest i've come to actually seeing proof never seen an alien i've had a uap experience that i videotaped jason was part of that as well it is unidentified, but I don't know if it was an alien craft, but the idea that we are in possession of stuff that is real is just, we've all, we all think that we all wish that. And then to have somebody that well-respected dangle it in front of you. It's like, this is real, man. We are literally talking about a real topic. This is not science fiction anymore. It's amazing too, that, that we live in a time now where we can have a show like yours where you can have someone of Gary Nolan's caliber actually just put that out there. I mean, yeah, you know, it's crazy, right? Right I mean, beside his yeah. computer. Like he didn't, he didn't <laughs> leave. 
he was like reaching away, but it was like there, you know, like this guy's probably got all kinds of cool stuff. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, this thing, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. How yeah. do you have it right beside you? Amazing. Yeah. It, it's funny, you know, I when I when I first got into UFOs, it was uh, late 80s, you know, around the time of intruders. And then the Bob Lazar thing happened and, you know, all that stuff broke out. And then, and then they started making movies about Roswell all the time. And I was just like, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is crazy. This is amazing. But anytime, you know, back in those days, it was, you know, we had a few TV stations and you, you know, you maybe you, you had George Knapp and maybe a couple other guys like that, you know, that were serious journalists that were like looking at this thing. So if, if anything like that ever was even broadcast, it was, you know, dark face, altered voice, uh, who knows, if they, you know, who this person really is. And now in, in 2023, you know, you, you can actually have Gary Nolan showing you metamaterials because, you know, we don't have to go through the filter of that type of media and mainstream yeah. media. It's incredible. And I, I, I love, I just, I love that you guys are doing this. Yeah. You know what? Um, but it's, we mention it all the time, but it's the, the men and women in the service that, you know, that come forward and, and tell people that, you know, these experiences is not just experienced by civilizations across the world, the public at large, but the people within the Defense Department themselves are having issues. People within the military are having these issues. This does not go away because you have a rank that we gave you or a position that we gave you, it's all human. It's not relative to, you know, whatever the hell is going on. And having these people step forward and say, hey, there is something going on here that is, you know, again, these these fighter pilots, we got to listen to them. They're the most trained observers in the world. We spend millions of dollars training these guys, right, to observe and to make logical decisions as whether or not to bomb somebody or to hold their position or, or to fight for their country for crying out loud and yet when we question what they saw they said well was it a flock of seagulls or maybe you know a balloon or something like it's an insult to their intelligence it's an insult to the people who've trained them and these men and women come back home and they've legitimately had a sighting because they're still to this day talking about it and they're you know they're talking about it more and more in other podcasts and you're seeing them more active because this is the reality that we face is that there is something going on we're all becoming more aware of it we're talking more about it and louie and i run into people all the time that you know tell hey you guys are into ufos hey check i had this experience or if you just ask somebody like hey dude you ever see anything weird in the sky and they just turn around and look at you like what like that happened to me last week with two clients at different days i asked them both that question and one guy's dad worked for norad from the 70s on and he saw some he saw some stuff man like he just couldn't tell me but he saw some stuff i'm like i bet he did but it's crazy the amount of people the amount of generations that this goes back like we're, we're talking 70 years it probably goes back further than that we've all seen something experienced something or heard somebody or believed somebody that's had that experience and they're all singing the same tune it's not like somebody said there was a flying saucer that landed and all the characters from uh, the uh mcdonald's happy meal came out like that's this never happened right they're all saying the same thing the the, the entities themselves are very similar the crafts are very similar uh, people are having this similar experiences across the world same with cattle mutilations and animal mutilations for crying out loud that's it's 
it's all similar. And that's not a group that's going around the world slaying cattle and, and stuff like that, perfectly laser cut meat off the bone. Like it's insane what people's theories, like they'd rather believe this than the truth. That something weird is going on. Some of the things that you could put out there as a theory for, for something like that, that could be as crazy as, you know, the grimace from McDonald's coming out of something. It was, it, there are, it literally feels like, or it has felt like of until maybe until recently, a little bit less that that is something that people would be more willing to believe. Oh, oh, the, oh the grimace. Oh, 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 okay. The, the, the space alien thing, but that, that was, that, that, that sounded crazy, but oh, I did, I didn't know there was an actual grimace. It's good. You know? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I He's, prefer Hamburglar myself. That would be better. That would yeah, be better. He, well, I, did, he, I have an affinity. Who wouldn't trust him? Who yeah, wouldn't trust him? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a Hamburglar. Burglar. He's, he's uh, already wearing the stripes. So, you know, he's a bad thief because he got busted. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a known felon. Oh, yeah. You know, but proud of it. He's proud of it. You know, yeah, that's why, you know, you can trust him. He's an honorable guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like uh, the, the old George Carlin joke about uh, he's totally full of shit, but at least he's honest about it. That's right. You yeah. know, the devil you got in front of you instead of the one you don't know kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And who knows what the fuck Grimace is up to. <laughs> I want to think about it. Um, let me ask you guys, since you, you, you have uh, uh, spoken to George Knapp, uh, Thomas Winterton, what is your, um, I, I, I have to, I'll tell you just from my point of view real quick. I, I was never really big on Skinwalker. Like it wasn't just something that was kind of like in my periphery when I was, you know, first starting with UFOs, because I, I heard a lot of stories about sort of the, the actual Skinwalker aspect of it and not so much, you know, the, uh, the UAP activity, the hitchhiker effect, all the, you know, the other types of things that go on there. And um, I started watching that History Channel show with, uh, you know, with all the guys on it. I, I, I mean, it, it completely changed my, like, I am fascinated by that place now. You know, have you uh, come to any sort of your own conclusion on it or theory or, or anything like that? Lou, I'll let you go first, my man. Yeah, well, for me, we chatted with George Knapp before Thomas Winterton I know Jason spoke with Thomas uh, before I was on the show. So like a year and a half ago or two years ago, whatever that was. Right. But um, we did George Knapp and then Colin Kelleher the next week. And both of them, along with a guy named Dr. James Lekatsky, wrote Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. And so we read the book because we like to read our, our uh, guests' material. And I noticed on the back of it, it said that Skinwalkers at the Pentagon has been cleared for uh, release from the Department of Defense. And I'm like, that's bizarre. Like, if I want to write an alien novel, I don't have to get the government permission, but they had to scan through that book. So I thought, I'm definitely going to ask him about that. So we do the show, and he starts explaining, you know, the Navajo legends, but then, you know, Bigelow and the Days of Nids and uh, the rancher that owned it. Once they started having paranormal stuff happen, they couldn't sell it fast enough and were happy to get out of there. And then I, I really like George Knapp, and I respect him, and I believe what he says, and I believe all the work he's done with Bob Lazar. And so now he's telling me that this skinwalker place where there's dog man and, you know, Bigfoot sightings and portals in the sky and blue orbs and every kind of weird phenomenon, not just aliens and UFOs, like everything is happening. And then they're even taking it home and their wives are having it. And like, the, you know, the, the specifics of their, those encounters, they don't even talk about to this day. They told us they had them, 
but they won't give us anything because it's too weird for them to even bring it up. So that really, for me, cemented that there's something real going on, learning the amount of money that was spent from Bigelow and subsequently uh, Brandon Fugel. And then uh, when we chatted with Thomas Winterton about the show, and I asked him, like, I remember seeing one season, they literally poured like 3,000 gallons of water or maybe more than that, 30,000 gallons of water into this void with green dye. And it never surfaced anywhere. It never and like out, that right? amount of water has to come out someplace. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, weird anomalies in the mountain, uh, people having like medical injuries. The guy had a swelling of the brain, um, you know, radiation type effects you know the meters going crazy travis taylor is a genius and he can't figure out what the hell's going on and so i i believe there is something going on for sure i i don't think the show is just for entertainment value i think it's entertaining because there's something actually going on yeah i would say that uh i was skeptical probably the same as as you will um i didn't matter like somebody would talk to me about skinwalker ranch but uh it's just too much. There's no way that UFOs could be related to other paranormal things. Uh, it turns out that I'm wrong because it turns out that there's seems to be wherever paranormal things happen, UFOs are seen either a day before or day after, but they're they're related. And uh, even the whole Bigfoot thing, we looked we looked into. We have to start looking into it because there seems to be some sort of you know. There's a relation between the two of them. I don't know how they're related to each other, but they're there. Uh, again, if there's a sighting of one, then there's a sighting of the other. And that we have Harrison Hot Springs here uh, near, uh, what, 20 minutes from where we live. And uh, it's a hotspot, supposedly, for Bigfoot. Like, the whole city is all covered in, in Bigfoot statues and all that. And the natives, local natives, swear by it that these things are, are really there. And we have a lot of UFO activity in the region as well. So, you know, the data is there as well on my end, close to where we live. Uh, and the more that we explore things, the more Skinwalker Ranch becomes more of a possibility now. But now it's even more interesting because it's localized to just this one area. Not just the ranch, other areas around the ranch as well are experiencing things. Like people are seeing things on, uh, you know, reservations and all that. So there's a lot of activity. I was skeptical at first, but after reading the the book and, and seeing the series and talking to, to Winterton is amazing. Like Thomas is one of the most honest guys ever. Yeah. Again, uh, you know, uh, Joe Rogan calls it his BS meter. Uh, he <laughs> says it never goes off when he talks to Lazar, and I totally agree with him. Mine doesn't either. Uh, but with Thomas, it's the same thing. Like it doesn't go off. The guy's legit. And when he's telling you there's something on the ranch is just weird. And I think I asked him once about that. I don't know if I was even recording or not, but he's like, Oh yeah. He goes this morning where, you know, you're driving to work. And by the time you get to the front gate, you know exactly if you're going to have a good day or not yeah. and which day to turn back around and go back to bed. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yep. I'm like, man. So there's really something there. Um, you know, whether it's spiritual or it's uh, interdimensional, I mean, people have seen, entities come out of portals and like just the craziest stuff. The one that really freaked me out was that uh, I think it was the first owner, Louie. I'm not sure. I, but I think he was the first owner that sent out a, the three dogs and well, there's yeah. like orbs or something like that in his yard. Yeah. He hears yelping and all of a sudden it comes to a stop. The next day he goes looking for his dogs and there's three piles of ashes right where his dogs would have been. And that was it. Never saw the dogs again. That They're just whatever was in the yard just basically. gone. So, yeah, it's just weird. And, you know, again, you want to be nuts and bolts. Uh, 
as much as possible when you're researching. But when Louis quotes Jacques all the time, when we asked him, you know, what would you say? And he said, suspend judgment or ask him, what would you say to the people looking to this? And he said, uh, suspend judgment. And you really do, because the minute you think you got it nailed down and that, uh, you know, you think you got the answer, well, you usually end up being one of those people that charges people $40,000 or something like that to have an experience out in the desert or, you know, uh, I don't think it's 40000 It's less than that. It's affordable, kids. Just look into it. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, there's people and there's a messiah complex in this community as well. People that say only I have the answer. Everybody else is an idiot. And, you know, a lot of people believe that. And there's that's a big problem because we don't know what the answer is. Like, if everybody we talk to, nobody has the answer. We keep asking them, like, what do you think is going on? They're like, hell if I know. Like, we're, we're all at the same spot. It's, it's beautiful to see that even amongst the, 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 you know, the names that we've always dreamed of being able to interview. And they're, they're saying the same thing. Hell if I know. It's like, wow. that But something's going on, right? They, they all admit to it. So... It's it's a fascinating thing, um, this this field for sure. I I love that that I love that quote from him. You know, for me, being in no way an expert in anything UFOs, but just uh, an enjoyer of it, and you know, someone who tries to put stories together in a way that's entertaining and and geared towards someone who's maybe not interest, who hasn't had a, a previous interest in in it. I, I've never I've always stuck to the very much toe the line on like i have no answer for you at the end of this yeah there's no you know a lot of a lot of like uh documentaries and things that you'll see will conclude something at the end depending on what camp they're in you know uh there'll be a big you know like hour and a half documentary about some ufo event that happened at some point and then in the end you know if it's rendlesham or whatever it's and it turned out just to be a lighthouse Thank you for watching. Yeah. What an and insult. It, or, you know, and it turned out to be space aliens. Thank you for watching. It, it it's 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 we 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 like you said, we we don't we don't know. Yeah. And I love that there's experts that are saying, I I don't know. There's the we don't know and then the accepting of of stupid theories of what it could be. And I think there's been a lot of them out there. I'm like, you know, well, that's probably the lighthouse. When we were talking with with uh, Robert uh, not that long ago, I'm bad with last names. Uh, he was a Randlesham Forest. Um, in... Oh, John Burroughs. John Burroughs. Why did I think Robert? Yeah, that was a really, uh, really good episode also. Yeah, man, I'm bad with names. I'm just proving to myself more and more. It's all recorded now. Uh, but yeah, talking with John Burroughs, I, I mean, you know, to, to throw at him the insult that it might have been a lighthouse that he experienced. You know, he was right there, right next to it. He got missing time twice mm -hmm. uh, from it. Like, the guy knows what he's talking about. He experienced it. He lived it. Someone having a critic saying, well, they probably confused the lighthouse. Like, again, these are trained men and women that are trained to guard a freaking, you know, military installation. Where the, I think they were having bombs or something like that there for, for whatever reasons. But again it's an insult to them. Like they come forward, they, they tell the truth and everybody's like, well, this guy must've been a moron because there's a lighthouse. Clearly <laughs> that explains the whole phenomenon. <laughs> right? They, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Not to mention any of the health effects that this guy's been suffering. Like John Burroughs. Yes. He finally got a settlement from the government. He stayed in uh, military for many years after this event, just kind of kept his mouth shut. 
but he has issues with his heart and his eye. And to this day, they have not told him what's wrong. He's not allowed to see a normal doctor. He's tried. And as soon as they look and then they go make a phone call, it's like, yeah, you need to go over here to get treatment instead. Um, yeah, like it just kind of throws that out the window too. If it's a lighthouse, how do you explain somebody who's suffered major health uh, problems for 30 years because of it? And, and I've, I'm sorry, I forget if it was, if it was him or one of the other uh, officers that was on duty at Rendlesham that they started, they, they got like numbers, uh, like yeah. binary. That was Jim Penniston. He touched That's the craft right. and apparently he had a binary download of information and he wrote it all in. It was like thousands of numbers. He wrote it all in a book. And uh, when they finally decoded what it is, it turned out to be coordinates like latitude and longitude for seven or eight places around the world. And uh, like high Brazil was one of them, Machu Picchu. Um, I think the great pyramid Giza, it's almost like the real seven ancient wonders of the world kind of thing. And that's, in fact, we interviewed somebody um, not too long ago, Jimmy Blanchette, and he's done some pretty crazy math and using those coordinates. And uh, yeah, it's, that'll be out soon, but it's pretty nuts. Like basically they, his theories, they've chosen these spots because there's encrypted mathematics, the shape of the craft, even sometimes the way they'll flash, there's binary information we can take out of that if we're paying attention to it. Right. And, uh, you know, we've heard of ley lines and areas or latitudes that have many cool things all the way along, along it. But this guy's figured out like, that's like ley lines on steroids. It's not only that it's the craft, it's the lights, it's certain measurements like qubit and like using the Planck length that we now know in quantum physics, you can literally use it to figure out all the same formulas that physics uses 35 chalkboards to explain. And it's either the square of or the root of, and it's a very simple equation. And he's literally done like the size of the universe, how much energy it contains, uh, you know, the speed of light. Like apparently the volume of the Great Pyramid of Giza, if you break it all down, and if you were to fill it with water, it's the same four numbers. It's like 186,000 something, but it's the same as the uh, speed of light in meters per second is the volume of the Pyramid of Giza. So he has spent countless hours just applying this math but there's something to it and you know it's uh it's like jason said earlier you go down these rabbit holes and it gets crazier and crazier all the time you know that's incredible yeah i, I had i knew nothing of that wow that that is amazing that'll be out in about a month but uh and he also is doing um he doesn't like the term ce6 we're all familiar with ce5 where you meditate hoping something to manifest but ce6 is using like actual technology radio waves to broadcast a petition rather than just your brain it's the type of thing and he uses what's called moon bounce technology oh, this so, is cool yeah like it's unbelievable this guy has a he's an amateur radio operator licensed and everything and he has a 250,000 watt radio antenna to put that in perspective the biggest radio in los angeles is 50,000 watts and it's parabolic. It's meant to go in a wide area. His is 250,000 watts aimed directly at the moon so that it hits and scatters for like maximum penetration. Oh my God. And he has CE5 groups around the world sending them their petition and requesting. And it's always kind of worded the same way. If it is safe and appropriate, please come rendezvous with us at these coordinates. And these CE5 groups find they catch something almost every single time including Jimmy Blanchett, who was on our show. So it's a double parter. 
the first dealing with that CE6 and how you can, you know, human initiated contact. The second part dealing with this kind of mystery math that comes out of measuring those encounters, you know, pictures and, and some of the video footage he has like broad daylight. It's not shaky or blurry. It's just like a white ball sitting there and then kind of moves and then just takes off. You know, he has dozens and dozens of these videos. So I, uh, I'm not a big believer in like UFO footage. In fact, I think 99% of anything people send me, I'm like, it's fake. They're all fake. Nobody has this. And then seeing some of what this guy's caught, I'm like, I believe that is real for the first time in my life. I believe I'm actually seeing some real UAP footage. So it's uh, it's more real than ever now. That was something that struck me about uh, the Skinwalker Ranch show also was that that there was actual, you know, there was actual video yep. of of UAP, you know, not just, I mean, like, yeah, you, you can look at Instagram all day and just see, uh, you know, basically the hamburg hamburglers coming out of spaceships or whatever. Right. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. there's software that you can do that on a Chromebook at this point. But um, yeah, when like actual video like that, the fact that, that we have that now, I mean, I think the best, the best, or, or I don't know, I don't know if I, best is the right word, but uh, I remember when the Phoenix lights video came out, like I, that blew my mind because it was like, but that might actually, you know, there's like actual video, but if, you know, depending on what you, think that might have been or not have been 1997 video camera versus you know what we what we have today it's it's incredible to actually be able to see some something anything i mean because if you know look, it only has to be right one time that's right for, yeah. that's you know and that's an actual uap whether it's a space alien ship or whatever is another story but um you know it's it, these things definitely exist yeah, and not not just balloons. I am so sick of balloons. Well, it's always that's always the answer, isn't it? It's balloons. It's like swamp what gas else? Two point is what it is. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it's uh, it's obviously a swamp gas filled balloon. Balloons. That's what it is. It's yeah. uh, but you know, it, even I think about back when you're mentioning the Phoenix lights. Like, how did they respond to that? Their only answer was to respond with like, "You guys take yourselves too seriously." And have a guy come out with you yeah. know the alien suit um again that's an insult to the general population and you know people that were there there's plenty of people that were in the service that were in that town that day that saw something and say that's not a conventional aircraft there's no way and in, even um kurt russell was the uh, pilot that called in that so the actor kurt russell was the actor that called in when he was flying his plane with his son uh, going towards Phoenix, Arizona, he called it in and said, there's an object or he's seeing a strain of lights uh, flying at a certain location. And, you know, even people in Hollywood see things like this, you know, and it just happened that Kurt Russell was flying his plane close to this thing. Uh, there's no explanation for what it is. We still don't have technology like that. Have you ever heard of a boomerang shaped craft that spanned the size of the city for crying out loud? Yeah and hovered a few hundred feet above it and didn't make a sound. Like, I, I've never heard of that before. I've never seen that since. I, I don't think it's technology that we have. And uh, like, again, it's it's an insult to the population of, of, you know, of the city because they know what they saw. They know what they experienced. Same as what we all know and all experience today. You know, um, there's that attitude, I know what I saw, and movies titled that right now. Right. 
for a reason because we all know what we saw and we all are catching on to the game here there's there's something going on i think uh the governor that held that press conference and brought out that fake Mike symington i think is his name right yeah and then he admitted that he He, put he had to do it he didn't want to do it or maybe had a change of heart i forget but yeah he came out after and said that that was a charade to kind of dull it down so people stopped talking about it yeah he well, saw he, it himself, didn't he? He saw it himself. Yeah. He later admitted after, yeah, after all that, that he, he actually saw the, the triangle yeah. craft himself and described it the same exact way that everybody else did. Yeah. You know, yeah. covering the sky, silent, slow. But imagine being put in that situation where something like that happens and you call up the upper echelons of Washington and saying, what should I say? I don't know, just make up something, make it go away. You're the guy that's on the spot trying to make this go away, and that's the only thing you come up with. Hey, you wear the suit when <laughs> when they start talking to the audience. You know, like just I, I'd hate to be in their their position. I hope that doesn't happen in the future anytime soon. But uh, yeah, that's that's a tough gig, man. Um, I I know uh, Jason. One of one of the things of of interest to you and that you've looked into a lot um, is abductions. Mm-hmm. That's something that, uh, from from my end, I, I I know very little about. These days, it's something you don't hear as much about. Of your latest, you, you know, your your latest knowledge of the sort of the state of of what abductions are, what's happening in that in that world right now. It's it's still going on. Uh, that that hasn't stopped. I think the amount of people coming forward has stopped. I mean, there's just, you know, really not that many people uh, comparatively to how many people are actually experiences, experiencing this compared to the people that have come forward and, and, and been open about it. You know, um, you see shows like uh, Netflix has uh, Unsolved Mysteries and there's a couple of episodes in there where you start hearing people, you know, come out and say, this happened to me. And you're right. That used to be a lot more common, especially in the older episodes, you would hear more about these alien abductions than you do now. I just think that for some reason, it's on the fringe topic of ufology because uh, some people don't want to address that situation or, or that 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 maybe that link to the phenomenon. And I always thought, you know, if you want to find out what these entities are here, what are they here for? Look at the people that they're taking. Like, what is it about them specifically? Like, especially the repeat offenders, let's call them. Uh, right. People that get, you know, taken multiple times. What is it about this specific person that is so important for these entities to to like think about it. it's a it's a costly endeavor what they're doing it's not cheap like their crafts have these medical bays inside of them medical rooms that are designed to have a human lay on it and have instruments that i'm sure are designed for humans and you know uh, to do tests on like, this is a, a costly venture for them right so to go through all that trouble to do this repeatedly for a person over a span of their lifetime what is it about them specifically the genetics is it in the brain is it a combination of the two uh we hear you know about hybridization and stuff like that sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't but that's what i've always been interested in is what you know there's got to be a commonality there and the more that louie and i are talking to people we're finding out that they're having diseases, these rare diseases, either because close proximity to crafts right. or just their, you know, you know, pregnancies that uh, they can't explain their entire lives. They're pregnant for three months. And after that, the, the, the baby's gone and 
just these crazy things that, you know, you hear of in these shows that we've all grown up listening to, but you're realizing this is actually happening to people. And there are groups that are helping these people out right now. And there are psychiatrists that are taking it more seriously and, in, you know, helping people out with this because they're actually seeing that these people will go through trauma. It's an actual trauma that they go through. If you scan their brains, it'd be the same as somebody who went through a rape or somebody who went through war. There's an yeah. actual trauma from these experiences. So I definitely think, and we mentioned this before, but it's either it's a new mental illness that is worldwide that everybody's experiencing and there's they're all experiencing similar things or it's a worldwide phenomenon that's actually happening to people. There's only two possibilities here, right? For the amount of people that are experiencing this or claiming this. Right, right. Yeah. So it's either one of the two. And one of them is more possible. Well, I guess they both sound impossible, but I think one of them is more real than the other. There definitely uh, seems to be a, a much more plausible uh, of the two. And maybe, uh, Louis, you could speak to this. I think, like, Bud Hopkins, obviously, was you know massive pioneer in that area and uh is no longer with us uh do you do you think that it's or at least to me my perception is that there's less people that come forward about that now and if so is it because it's become like a stigmatized thing to talk about and that maybe that you know that, that there isn't sort of a like a, a a champion of those those victims like bud hopkins that's a, that's around right now that's sort of you know going out there and making the rounds and like kind of trying to normalize it to some extent. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's always been sort of stigmatic to talk about this. I would argue that for Betty and Barney Hill to come out and say it is a lot harder in that time, given their situation, sure. the way the culture was people's beliefs on interracial couples, even like they were just trying to live their life and lay low and mind their own business. Right. So you would think that now that there's more of an open mind towards this phenomenon, there would be more talk about it. Um, and in fact, we asked somebody, or we were asked this uh, on another podcast the other day. I think we were on Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. And he's like, where's all the aliens? And we were kind of like, yeah, good point. Like, I never thought of it, but there seemed to be less of these reports. Or maybe the government is better at covering this up. Maybe the, the whole men in black thing, black suits. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you don't really hear much about it. And I think there would be more of an accepting ear now. I think people have grown a little bit and matured more since the sixties and seventies, but I, uh, I really don't know why, but I, I agree. There seems to be less of this and let's be honest, the reports we have are probably one out of the thousand people that actually says something. There's probably so many more that never, you know, even deathbed confession, you know, you're going to, you're going to croak. And then it's like, yeah, I saw aliens and that's the end of it, you know, but with the exception of that, there's uh, probably a lot of people. What is it? 1% of the population they estimate. Yeah. About, that's, about that. That's about millions 1%. of people. Right. Yeah. So, and it's, this is generational. This isn't a recent thing that's been going on at least since the forties in North America, maybe back thousands of years. If you look at ancient custom and writings and everything else. So yep. um, yeah, there does seem to be a, a slightly less um, of a number of these reports. I mean, maybe you look at the MUFON data, how many CE three or four cases versus CE one. That'd be interesting to, to see. Jason could look it up. He's a member of MUFON. You can go through CMS yeah. and find that. And keep in mind, a lot of people that are experiencing this don't say anything because they don't think that anybody would ever believe them. 
Yeah. Uh, they themselves have a hard time believing it. And a lot of times they don't remember the whole event. It's, it's always like fragments or, you know, the feeling that something took place last night, they didn't get sleep or, or whatever, but they remembered something negative and very scary happened to them. Uh, this doesn't come forward till years later. And some people don't come forward at all. They, they, they die with their secrets. And, but, you know, but we're really trying to put the word out there. It's not just about talking about UAPs and UFOs, but if you have seen something, if you've experienced something, speak up, say something, right? Uh, it's it's kind of like the ostriches with their heads in the sand. We can't do that. We don't have the luxury of that. Not now, right? Not with the way the world is going and, and you know, the uncertainty of everything. I mean, every generation thinks that about their current situation but I, I honestly think this is pretty messed up times and uh but we're we're ready i think we're mature as enough as a population to say hey there's something bigger than us uh, we're ready to accept it and you know what seriously we honestly think it could be a variety of things like it could be extra tempestrial interdimensional extraterrestrial uh, it could be that it's a species that lives among us. What is it? Ultra terrestrial. That one they call that's a Hal Putoff, um, uh, theory and they can all be possible. They, they all at once, that would be the scary thing is that they're all a possibility all at once. And it, it could be a multitude of different things. And that's why it's scary. That's why you can't come out and, and say it openly to the public. Cause how do you handle that? You know, it's not just one thing, you know, it's not just interdimensional entities, but we're also dealing with this, all, all, all these other species from all these other locations. And, uh, you know, that's the reality that we're facing. But if that's reality, then we deserve to know that, right? That's the nature of the universe. I used to be pretty close-minded into like, it's, it's gray aliens. If it, if it, if anything, it's gray aliens. And I think we could probably, you know, maybe one day we'll figure that out. But the more and more information that comes out, the more I I agree with you that there. I mean, I it, it could be so many different things going on, which would make it so much harder to have an answer for because there isn't an answer. And that's why we, you know, the people that we interview is so important to collect their knowledge. And you know, a lot of them they're getting on in age, right? And we we got to collect what they have to say. And that's with anybody that's out there. If you got a chance to interview these people, you know, do it, re record it. Uh, Paula Harris was one that really told me, she goes, you know, we're all, we're all getting old. We're all old dinosaurs and soon we'll be gone. You got to collect this knowledge while you still have a chance. And I, that resonated. Right. And uh, we do like, that's what Louie and I focus on every week is, is saying, uh, you know, most of the times we don't even know what the questions that each other are going to ask the guests until the day of. And we're like, what are you going to ask? What am I going to ask? And it's about coming at it from different angles because sometimes you get different answers, right, right. from being asked a different way. And uh, these people, I mean, they're, they've, they're pioneers in this, you know, like, you know, we think uh, Leslie Kane, for instance, like the woman's amazing and she's done such a fantastic job. Uh, on disclosure, on exposing this phenomenon for what it is, and to look into it. And she's not done. Now she's looking at consciousness and all that, because, again, that has something to do with this as well. Like, it's just crazy how they're all tied in together somehow. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's that's that's the important part, is to get the knowledge from the people before they leave the, the court and, and the new team comes on 
uh, it's time to get their knowledge and see what we can learn from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, guys, I, I am, I am so appreciative of your, of your time. So I, I don't want to keep you, uh, uh, too much longer. So I guess, um, just to kind of wrap up, let's, let's just talk about, uh, about your show for, for a moment. Um, I, I'm just, again, like Jason, we talked a couple years ago and, and, and now Louie, you've joined and, and, and the show is just, you guys are doing so awesome. And so for, for everyone who listens to, to this show, please, please, uh, you know, take advantage of what these guys are doing because they are, as you say, paying attention. Um, so can you just, uh, let me know, let us know, uh, the best places to, uh, to find you and how to contact you if, you know, if someone has had an experience. So I would say anywhere you go search UAP studies podcast will show up, whether that's Google, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we've got a TikTok page. So just search UAP studies podcast. Again, we do appreciate all the people that subscribe. It uh, makes a bit of a difference. We are Canadian based. I don't know if the algorithm of YouTube doesn't like us as much, but it doesn't display us as often as it would somebody in LA doing the same. In fact, we get a lot of comments from people saying, how did I not find you guys sooner? We don't know, and we're trying to work on that ourselves. I mean, the podcast is just over two years old now. Uh, YouTube, we've only been on for about eight months. I think that was one of the things I contributed to when I joined the show. It's a lot of work for just one person. You can't book a guest while you're recording a guest and advertise a show and you know research a show. It's a lot. So uh, spreading us to multiple platforms uh, was a big part of it. We also just joined the UnX Network which is at unxnetwork.com uh, slash UAP studies podcast. And a lot of our, uh, I won't call them competition because it's all friendly, but shows like Christina Gomez and um, uh, Ryan Sprague and Whitley Stryber, all these guys are also on that channel as well. So uh, it's good to be in that company. It's been a lot of work. Uh, we have not monetized our account. So even though we could have about a year ago, we've, uh, we've opted not to. You don't have to watch any commercials on our videos. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for the time being, as long as we can keep doing this and it's not too big of a drain on our lives, uh, we'll keep providing uh, as good a content as we can. Um, we'd rather not do a show than do a poor one. So we really do. So, I mean, some of these guests take months to book. And, uh, you know, I've, I've said it a few times now, and especially after last week with Gary Nolan, Nolan seeing the uh, meta material, if we were to stop right now, I'd be good. But right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Started. Uh, yeah. And it's, again, like to Jason's point, it's an encyclopedia. We recorded an interview with Calvin Parker a year and a half ago. He's in palliative care now. There are going to be no more Calvin Parker interviews. And, you know, it's sad to say that. Jacques Vallée is what, like 130? Like, I mean, he's been <laughs> yeah. doing this forever. Yeah. And he, yeah. he looks a lot younger than he is. I think he's in his 70s or 80s, right? He's he's up oh, I'm a, I'm hope I'm in that greatest shape when I'm his age. Even Paula like, Harris, yeah. she said how old she was. I won't repeat it because it's not polite to say lady's age. But <laughs> if you listen to our episode with Paula Harris, she tells you how old she is. She looks 20 years younger than what she actually is. So uh, these people have done all this work and they don't want to see it go by the wayside. So... So yeah, UAP Studies Podcast, anywhere you search. We appreciate the like and the subscribe. And our website is UAPstudiespodcast.com. There's a contact us. Uh, feel free to send suggestions. If you are somebody that's had an experience, if you're in the military, in government, if you want to talk about it, uh, we're more than well, more than willing to listen and uh, provide resources if need be as well. So, Well said. Fantastic. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Um, any, uh, I, I know that you, uh, you don't, you don't like to announce 
guests until everything's in the books confirmed all that um but uh anything on the horizon that you you can tell us about right now that's coming up near we we'll got do the military guys we got kevin day yeah and ryan graves right so kevin day was the uh radar operator on the princeton in 2004 when they captured uh or when he sent out uh, the flight team to go intercept the tic tac uh, so that's Kevin Day. Um, and then uh, Ryan Graves was one of the uh, fighter pilots uh, that intercepted, or I think it was the gimbal video that uh, that he was part of. Uh, but he's also has a, a, a fantastic uh, podcast called Merged. And uh, he talks to other pilots, you know, whether they're commercial pilots or, or fighter pilots that have experienced things while in the air. Uh, it's fantastic. And he's bringing that Comp, not that level now, you know, to, to pilots and that platform to pilots to, to say it's okay to step forward. And uh, you're, you're seeing this spring up everywhere now. It's beautiful to, to, to see it come uh, this far and that this many people are, are reaching, you know, people in a, in a really great way. Yeah. yeah Everybody else we can't talk about. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, actually, this makes it more exciting. So, so much the better. Uh, yeah, Ryan Graves just had an article today out on political Politico, was it? Yeah, yeah. It just came out today. I didn't. Uh, I didn't just, get a chance to read it yet. I uh, I posted it on Facebook right before you guys came on. I I didn't actually get to. Uh, I didn't even get to finish it. I just I started reading it. I was like, oh, this this is great. It's uh yeah. The the title is "We Have a Real UFO Problem and It's Not Balloons." Yeah, by Ryan Graves on uh, Politico.com. Yeah. I like the title already. That statement. Yeah, I, you know what? I think that's a good sentiment to end on. We have a real UFO problem, and it's not balloons. Yeah. Love it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Once again, UAP Studies Podcast. Uh, check them out on all podcast providers and YouTube, as we just talked about. And uh, I, I I hope you guys will come back in the future. with uh, For sure. Tell yeah. us about uh, all the more meta materials. I got a little surprise for you guys. Just I want to say this for the end. The ultimate evidence. Anyway. There he is. There, there he is. He's all blurred out, just like he should be. Yeah, he's blurred, blurred out. out. You can't there see. Oh, <laughs> look at that. They're it's not like my gray. baby Yoda that I just invested. No. In. There's another thing. Man Mandalorian. I got a baby Yoda over here too. You know, you mentioned Star Wars, and we all know that Yoda is a real entity. So if Yoda's a real entity, then we know that aliens have got to be real too. Yeah, they're, they're, there's multiple. They're, they're, you got, there's, they're, they're all over right. the place, these guys. Yeah. If you think about it, there's uh, somebody said that anything you could come up with is probably exists, is possible, not yeah. in just the universe at large, but in other dimensions. So there's a dimension where you're a puppet and somebody's hands up your ass. <laughs> just think about that. Just Glad we're fortunate work. to be on this side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's just a place where that is a thing. We're on this side of the hand, baby, and that's where we're going to keep it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us on, Will. It was really great. Oh, thank you, guys. It was it was my pleasure, absolutely, and uh, and uh, the audience's pleasure for once to uh, not hear me pontificating, but hear uh, guys that are actually talking to to the real guys. But it's good to 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 do podcasts like this and, and, you know, to have like, you know, even your format, the way that you have it, which you do address the, the UAP UFO issue often. And it's good to have that because and even bring other people on and talking about it because you're opening up that dialogue. Right. You're, you're you're showing people like, look, this this is a thing and somebody out there is listening to it and it's 
either peaking or in, in, intrigue, you're making them pay attention or like you never know who it is that you're reaching. Right. Um, and so yes. it's very good that you're doing that, that, that you're, you're having these episodes and gladly we have, we'll, we'll come on back for sure. Yeah. No, you're doing good, man. Seriously. Like, uh, it, it's, it's a good, it's good to cover the subject. I'm not just saying that cause it's Louie and I's subject, but, uh, uh, we, we, we love to, to do this. This is, uh, it gives us a great opportunity as well. Right. So, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And I think I'll just, I'll close with this. I think especially right now with everything that's going on and people's curiosity at, you know, a fever pitch about what this stuff is, is the perfect time to be checking out you guys and checking into, you know, the deeper dive into this rather than, I, I mean, it, because it's, it's, it's fascinating, but you're yeah. only going to get so much from reading, you know, New York times articles or seeing a two minute news segment or a, a clip that somebody posted on Facebook about, Oh, we shot down all these things. It's like, you know, people are like, well, what is that? And it's murky waters. That's a problem with, with this is it's murky waters. You got to sift through things to be able to get to the, the little nuggets that are, that are actually good, but yeah, it's murky. And, uh, that's the one thing with, uh, you know, Louie and I set up from, you know, when, you know, really the podcast and take off to Louie came on. Right. And it's Louie that it just, helped me out so much i wouldn't even be able to do the podcast anymore right I, I was at wit's end at that point like i was already getting burnt out because like louis mentioned there's a lot of work right um and it was too much but when he came on the different lines of questioning started happening we had different questions and different ways of asking it we got mm -hmm. these different reactions from people and that's been really great because then you can actually realize that you know doing it in that in ways of just like say me asking my questions uh you know all the time i had this different perspective now and sometimes i'm just there listening like i'm i'm enthralled like what are you guys talking about right so it's it's cool man um and like you mentioned just about the the people we've had on is I don't know how we got this this fortunate, this lucky, but I think the more that we're doing it, the more we're like, well, we're giving these people a platform and it's helping us, it's helping them, um, you know, helping us spread the message about, you know, the subject of the the phenomenon and to look at it deeper. And it's helping the the people have, you know, an episode where they can talk about their research, right? Where they can, when we don't, you know, there's no foreplay. We just get right into it, right? Right, so, right. Yeah, that's We don't nice talk thing. over them. We let them, we ask them a question. We let them talk, right? I, it's amazing. You see some of these shows, people are vying for airtime against their guests. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that guy to come on your show. Let him say what he's got to say. Don't interrupt him all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was my, that was my attitude coming in to talk to you guys. It was almost, uh, all right, guys, why don't you just have an episode uh, yeah. for me? I'm just going to sit here and, and, and <laughs> listen. Yeah. One on the house. We have but, those. Sometimes we, we shoot the breeze for half an hour after the episode. And it's like, why didn't we record this? This is a mini show. This is additional right. content, you know, like right after interviewing Richard Dolan or right after Gary Nolan. It's like, wow, like, could you believe that just happened? You know, and we have those mini episodes because for us, it's not scripted. This is just yeah. the love of the topic. Yep. We're good friends. We just chatting with a buddy and that comes through in our recordings. So we, we really do enjoy it. That it absolutely does. It absolutely does. It's not, it's, it's just, it's so well done. And yeah, you guys don't come across as, you know, cigarette smoking investigators or, or, or news. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. So yeah. I said good cop, good cop. The other day. Good cop, good cop. You guys remind me of good cop, good cop. I'm like, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. And you know what? Uh, honestly, all, everybody we talk to, like we were mentioning about never talk to your, uh, your heroes, never meet your heroes, but everybody we talk to have been just amazing. And they've given us a lot of their time. Like even, you know, talking with Jacques Vallée, like he hung around like a half an hour longer, just shooting the shits with us. That's so like, cool. As if he had nothing else better to do. It's like, fuck, Jacques Vallée's giving me his attention, his time. Like it's just, uh, you're trying to capture it all. You know what I mean? But it's, it, it's hard, right? Like, especially when you're talking to the, you know, Jacques Vallée for me. Yeah. So that, that was one of the, the highlights for sure. We both got emotional. I think at the end when we toasted, uh, uh, the 100th episode there, just having yeah. him raise his glass. Like, oh, I never thought I'd see that, right? That's, that uh, when you oh. only do one show a week, and some weeks early on in the podcast life, there wasn't a show every week. So, I mean, some shows are five nights a week, or it's, you know, they're in the, the many hundreds of episodes. But for us, 100 is a lot. And to have 100 bangers with big-name people, that's, uh, you know, I'd rather have 50 amazing shows than 5,000 mediocre shows. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I've I've been I started this in 2015, and I haven't even hit 100 yet. We're, yeah, we're getting there, you're, but you care about your content, right? I, yeah, I'd rather yeah. have one that I can go back and listen to three years later and be like, yeah, it's still good. Yeah, and just still relevant, still current, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate Enjoy your it. evening. And good to meet uh, you, William. Great to meet you, Louis. Jason, great to talk to you again. And. uh you guys have a great evening. Thanks so much for coming on. UAP right, Studies Podcast. Awesome. Awesome indeed. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot thank those guys enough for coming on. Uh, they don't need this show. They're doing fine on their own, but they were kind enough to do so anyway. So thank you to them. Thank you to you for listening. As always, I, I so appreciate your patronage and your enjoyment of the show, if it is that. I hope it is. And uh, speaking of thank yous, there's a certain young lady that likes to uh, close this show, and I'm going to let her do so in the way that she always does so well. So, thanks for listening, and cue the hot chick. Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast.